Hey, Jake, I like video games. Hey, Tony, I like video games, too. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, I Like That Game. Uh, I was too Dracula. I was going to try to do something ghouly. I know. Ghouls and ghosts, that's like a tough place to do. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'll just do the monster mash. I'm like, wait a minute. I think Tony has done exactly the monster mash before, so I can't do that. We've recorded too many episodes over too long. I don't know what we've done. We've probably done a Dracula Hey, like that game before, too. Write us at heylikethatgame at gmail.com if we've repeated this opening before. (laughs) That's true. I know. We're like close to 100 episodes now, and it's like, wait, what have we done already? What? Jay. How you doing, pal? I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Uh, I've been traveling around a bit, so I haven't had too much time at my home base for video games. But I've had just enough time to beat God of War Ragnarok. Ooh, uh, I'm just I'm finished this. Last uh, okay. night. So we've talked about this game a little bit before. Just a bit. Like, I, yeah. I I enjoyed the last God of War game quite a bit, but I have uh, held off on this one because I I want to play it on PS5 and I don't want to buy a PS5 yet. Um, <laughs> but but how how did you enjoy it now that like you're wrapped up all the way through? Yes. I, I enjoyed it more than uh, God of War 2018. Oh, um, nice. I, I never replayed God of War 2018. Um, I was kind of curious to before this. I mean, I'm kind of curious to again now because I don't quite understand the specifics of why this one was more enjoyable to me than than the last one. Um, I remember, so I played um, Ragnarok on Hardest Difficulty, giving out a God of War. I think on the last one, I didn't play that difficulty. I might have played it like just medium or medium plus, whatever that is. Um, and I remember a lot in the previous game that it's uh, enemy progression and your health it seemed a lot more like tied to the enemy level so in god of war 2018 and ragnarok there's kind of like there is a progression system the enemies also level up both in skills and like just like their numbers get bigger too that kind of happens throughout the game to keep the difficulty curve evened out and there were times i felt in god of war 2018 that you would get to the point where the enemies might be like one level ahead of you and then there was just really no way to overcome that without just playing absolutely perfectly, which, you know, I get it is like if you're playing somebody that's playing against an enemy higher level than you, that makes sense that there should be like that power gap there. But it feels the thing, my biggest thing that at least right. you know, my like biggest critique about God of War 2018 and Ragnarok, which is there's too much of this crafting and progressive progression and gear system built into this ostensibly hack and slash game. I I don't say I I'm not saying it needs to be like a hundred percent like other God of Wars or like a platinum hack and slash because they have these mechanics built in to, you know, give side questing opportunities and rewards. And that is one thing I do I do appreciate about about these games. That the it is a more open world, a bit more realized world and I think a lot of that stuff is interesting, but I think a more of it is very hollow and just is the the rewards for it don't vibe with me because the progression of your gear is still very much locked behind getting certain key items that you just won't be able to get to until you progress so far into the story so Hmm. if there was more i think freedom in allowing yourself to you know rise up on that power curve from the side questing from the exploring i would i don't know feel less cheated by it 
because uh, it's like it's still enjoyable content, but I think especially playing on the hardest difficulty, like I want there to be more meaningful mechanical rewards from it. And since I am not great at this and playing on a harder difficulty, I'm dying a lot, so these side quests are taking longer. And right. I want to engage with them because I do enjoy the game. I love the combat; it's super fun. And like playing it on Gimme God of War gave me the opportunity to have to engage with it more deeply to have to learn you know, the enemy weaknesses uh swapping between weapons finding the best synergies there knowing when to use your uh, runic attacks to like interrupt or like do crowd control it forced me to engage with that system uh, very deeply but hmm. that experience is not fundamentally being changed significantly by gear choices, I feel. Like, uh, I built heavily for uh, survivability. Uh, I use the armor uh, chest armor piece that uses your rage meter as a secondary health bar just because like, I felt like I needed that extra health to make more mistakes in battle because me having a more like aggressive focused chest piece isn't going to raise up my damage enough to be more meaningful than the health I'm getting. Um, but that does, unfortunately, kind of like eliminate the rage mechanic for me from the game, because it's always more helpful to have that resource as health than it is to like pop the rage and like be able to get a little bit of like healing back from that. And they introduce like other um, options for the rage mechanic, so that's more than just like go Super Saiyan, like you can get, use it as like a health burst, but it's less health than you would get back if you were just using it as a health pool itself. And then there's mm-hmm. one that's like just as intense um, single target damage, but the health bars are so chunky in Gimme God of War that the damage that you're doing isn't worth the yeah. extra, you know, three hits you'd get in on your axe if you just had that health. So I never changed, and that was a fairly early side quest piece of armor I got, and then I never changed off of that. Like, I would change my, my Greaves and my, um, like, Cod piece every so often, but... Anyway, so that, that's I, excuse me, cod piece. The, not cod, cod piece. piece. Sorry, the, 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 the fucking like your cur- the, I don't know armor. The chest piece, yeah, your yeah. your belt, and your uh, wristbands or whatever. Your, I think those are the piece. the Spartan terms for those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is just a long way of saying uh, the combat kicks ass and is really fun. There's too much gear shit and crafting in these two games um that like curve as far as difficulty doesn't feel as like level dependent as like stepwise as it did in 2018 it feels much much more organic and smooth they've definitely done work on it are i don't want to talk about spoilers if you're not into it like i don't want to like get too much into i don't want to hear about the story stuff i'm very interested yeah i'm very interested in where the story goes because that was one of the things i really liked about the um previous god of war game like it did a good job of like kind of hitting the reset button without uh completely invalidating all the uh older games uh and i was very curious where we're going next with this um but yeah don't did you without any spoilers did the narrative feel satisfying like was it an intriguing intriguing story uh uh, yeah, so, so spoiler-free, I did enjoy the story of, of this one a lot more. Um, God of War 2018 was uh, a lot. Just Kratos and Atreus and their relationship. Kind of Kratos learning to become a father in this situation. That's still, like, you know, fatherhood is still a primary theme of Ragnarok. Um, but it 
opens up a lot more and the narrative I, I find it comes it's, it's very satisfying there's a lot more um setup and uh you know hitting this theme from a bunch of different angles from all these different characters that are being introduced um and yeah, yeah the yeah it, it has a good a good satisfying ending too um yeah the story is great god of war 2018 it- good good story this one has a great story does it leave it open for another one, like in a big way? I, I mean, yes, yeah. There's there's sequel fodder there. It's not it's not like God of like the original God of War two ending where it's like that yeah. much like hey, all right, part three is just gonna be or like Halo two ending where it's like all right, part three is yeah. like in media res pretty much. Uh, but yes, there is there's there's a room for a God of War three too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, awesome. But yeah, kicks kicks ass. Super cool. Uh, Looks really good on the PS4. Ran really great for me on the PS4. Would have loved to play it on the PS5, especially for the faster loading times. Um, yeah. But yeah, still still runs great on the on the four. Um, but yeah, like other than that, uh, I, I was on a um, a big road trip over President's Day weekend, so I played our podcast game on the phone. I was also playing some old favorites of mine, uh, Pokemon Conquest and uh, Balloons po- Tower Defense Six, but not oh my God, don't need to done. go into those. Not we, doing like, it. We're we going to Tony so now. Balloons Tower Quest Tower Tower Defense Six. Tony, get it right in my I'm presence. So sorry. I am so sorry. Um, that game's not terrible, but yeah, it's uh, anywho. It might be in my top ten. <laughs> oh my God, oh my <laughs> God. Um, so I've been uh, I've been playing a lot of demos lately. So uh, yeah, there was Steam the had their like demos session. Yeah, it was like Next Fest or whatever. That was a couple weeks ago now. So I I played a bunch of demos. I had probably like eight to ten different demos. Um and I got a couple that I wanted to just like shout out here. Um Super Auto Battlemon is one, which is like if anybody listening has heard of Super Auto Pets, which is like a like a basically like an auto battler, um very stripped down simple game. Um this is very much akin to that game, except now they're Pokemon instead. You know, not um, IP infringing Pokemon, but like same type type of thing. Like units can have up to three different types that uh, you know have strengths and weaknesses against one another. You know, basic uh, rock paper scissors stuff. Most Mons will level up uh, or evolve three different times. Uh, there's different effects that each one of them can have. Um, it's it's a cute it's a it's a cute uh like kind of take on the super auto pets formula and like kind of evolves it uh a little bit pun intended um <laughs> but uh i i really liked it uh i i i was really enjoying it so i i'll probably pick that up when it gets out of early access um but really like that one uh the next one i want to mention or that was a super auto battlemon uh, the next one is called Dungeon Drafters, which is, a, I think, a pretty uh, good name. Uh, it's it's similar to uh, a game I talked about in the uh, end of year episode uh, a couple months ago, Lost in Fanta Land. Uh, like oh, yeah, a grid yeah. Based, yeah, it's like a grid-based tactics deck builder-y game. Um, so this one is very similar to that, um, except there's a bunch of classes, uh, and it's more of like a mystery dungeon type experience than um kind of a standard uh one room puzzle like lost in fantaland is um 
it's really neat. Um, I, I really like it. It also seems like uh, the way the game is going to be structured, kind of, kind of like you're a mystery dungeon where you know you delve into this dungeon. It's procedurally generated. You fight a bunch of stuff. You get. Uh, you pick up like card packs and you pick up gold that you can bring back to your city to like get, um, uh, you know, what, what's it called? Uh, get investigated or whatever, like unlock those things, spend, spend gold on improving your character, or your town. And then you just go back into the dungeon again, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it seems interesting, but like the, the demo only allows you to play kind of one, tiny bit of a dungeon so i'm I'm very curious to see uh what the final version of this game looks like um kind of hitting all the right genres for me all like mixed together um dungeon drafters is that one um this game is was probably my favorite uh demo that i played it's called tape to tape Tape it's a It's a roguelite hockey game. Oh. So you're playing like, I think it's five on five. I think it's five on five, um, like NHL 98 era like hockey. So it's like not 3D. They're sprites. You're moving up and down the ice rink um, uh, vertically. And you know, you're putting checks on people. You're passing around and, you know, shooting uh, – shooting out at the net, different corners, trying to sneak it under the pads, that kind of stuff. Um, it, it feels just like the, the, those like Sega Genesis, super Nintendo era, uh, hockey games, but there's like visible stats and there's like passives and stuff and like supers that, uh, like your star player can have. Um, I really, really loved that era of like sports games um, that was probably yeah. the last time that I actually like, <laughs> really enjoyed playing a realist, quote unquote, realistic sports game. Realistic um, for the time or closest they could yeah, get. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I used to play Madden at this time too, because like Madden was like still kind of novel and fun to me. Um, but at the hockey games, NHL was like my favorite. Yeah. Um, so this is really like scratching that same nostalgic itch. And then on top of that, it has the rogue, you know, roguelike stuff in there. So it's like, again, um, it's it's the mix of genres here is like you know really firing firing on all cylinders for me. Um, that's another one that I'll definitely be interested in picking up once there's like you know more content in it because like all this stuff is in early access, you know. Um, so once there's more stuff in it, it'll definitely be uh, something to look out for. Um, yeah. I'm with you on the uh, that style of or time period of sports games being. Really, really fun and novel. I remember playing on my brother's yep. Genesis. He had the, a couple Madden games, and I forget which which hockey game he had. But yeah, man, those hockey games were so fun. They're fun. They're great. Like you could, uh, I, I, me, and my brother would play all the time, and we. The thing that was always really frustrating, I, I can't remember if it's like ninety seven or ninety eight, or maybe it was ninety nine. I, I don't know. Um, you could, if you held down while you were shooting the puck, you had a way higher likelihood of it, the puck just like sneaking between the goalies, like pads, like five hole, and then just like goes in. And that was like, oh my God, the worst. We hated each other for, for scoring goals like that. It's like, you're cheating. You're cheating. <laughs> you can't do that. You, you have to make that. your own house rules against it. <laughs> Of course, of course. The same reason why uh, Dalsim was uh, banned initially in our households when uh, we were playing Street Fighter. It's like nice. you're, that's cheating. It's just too cheap. Uh, uh, anyway, 
Anyways. Jim Furyk was not allowed in PGA Tour 07 <laughs> in my household. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh... He had the highest luck stat. So he would, like, once every, like, four holes just, like, randomly hit in, like, a hundred-yard mm-hmm. iron shot onto the green. Yep. <laughs> Banned. Banned, Mr. Furyk. No wizards allowed in golf. <laughs> Uh, you know what? That's actually a pretty good transition to the last uh, demo that I played, uh, Dark and Darker, mm-hmm. uh, which also features wizards. Um, <laughs> so this game, uh, you played with me a little bit. Um, it is a thir- like uh, squads of three fantasy FPS extraction game. So... It's like kind of PvPVE content where you are dropped into this dungeon where there are enemies and uh, things to loot, but there are also enemy players. You are trying to survive this dungeon and find an exit, which is like a little portal thing, uh, to get the spoils from your dungeon dive out. Um, If you die, all of your stuff stays there. Uh, in the dungeon, so, uh, or I mean, you lose all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a um, a feeling of like earning your gear and really feeling the loss of like death, right? Like dying has stakes in a major way, mm-hmm. um, which is like a very interesting concept. Um, you know, the the other like kind of really popular game in this genre is like Escape from Tarkov. Same yeah. like same sort of gameplay, except that is more like tactical shooter, where this is like like I said, class based fantasy stuff. Um It's still like, like a se- bit more tactical though. It's not as like it's yeah. not like Diablo hack and slash. It's very deliberate, very slow, yes. um like yes. thing doors take a while to open. It's it's yeah, more you more get- tactical like that. Hits are very chunky. Like you, if you like, heels are small. Heels are small. You're gonna get hit like maybe two, three times. And you're probably dead. You know. Um, it. I think there's like six different classes to choose from, and they all play like fairly differently and have good like pluses and minuses, pros and cons to playing them. Um, I I think it's like a really awesome concept. I really love the concept. I mm-hmm. really am torn on the execution right now um i find it incredibly frustrating to play um maybe it's because i'm so i was playing cleric um which which was really like i really appreciated that class it was kind of exactly what i wanted where i could be a bit of a tank but i also have like healing spells and some like um some damage i can do especially to like undead which Mm -hmm. in that dungeon it seems like there's a lot of undead things so like yeah i I stuck with cleric i uh i like that a lot because i feel like clerics end up usually losing so much power just because there's never enough undead to justify a lot of their spells so huge fan that the dungeons are mostly undead or like at least heavily undead or like or what the game is showing right now right like they could Mm -hmm. do there is a lot of ways you could go different types of dungeon dives you could potentially do where you need to spec in certain ways like again the the theoretical idea of this game is incredibly intriguing to me but Mm -hmm. 
here's a great example of like why I was just getting so frustrated at the game. As a cleric, you start with a shield. It's a basic round shield, but like that's all it is. It still is a shield. It still is supposed to be giving you some sort of defense. Um, I feel like I was only able to successfully block something a handful of times, and I was really trying. I looked up a video, looked up tips of how to block and dark and darker. You got like, like it, right? Like you got to like aim it. Usually, you usually got to like look up. Aim upward a little bit. And yes, you got to like hit the strike of the weapon. So you can't just um, like putting your shield out isn't like an instant block state. You still have to like move your shield in the right direction. And yes, that is difficult to do. Yes, that is like uh, that could be fun skill expression, I guess. Um, But even after really, really trying, like I played the game, ended up like being like maybe like four, five hours. Like I gave it mm-hmm. a real shot, and I played I with played, basically one class the whole time. Yeah, I played about the same in the total before the demo ended. Yeah, and like I, I just, it was so frustrating. I could not block anything, and it's like, again, like maybe I just suck, but it shouldn't be that fucking hard, you know? Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also like I only extracted I think one time in like several runs like I, it was very hard to try to find your portal you know to, to get out there's just so often it felt random where they were like jumping up at and it didn't seem like I could read the mini map at all to tell me at least like where should I go general area to find one of these portals right like I it feels like there's a lot of quality life in tuning the game needs for it to be like really solid. But I think like, again, the idea and where you could go with this could be really awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, I haven't really like talked about any of like the, the magic systems at all, but like you, when you can like build loadouts for your characters, obviously. Right. And as you progress in level, you unlock more slots that allow you to like put in like perks basically, which will be spells or passive bonuses, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that really changes up the gameplay for every single class. So like there's a lot of experimentation that you can do within a class and then between classes in like your skill trees and stuff that you're like, you're, you're building on. Um, it's really, it's, like I, I think it could be a really sick game, but man, I just, I hate playing it. <laughs> you know, I'm... like I wish, <laughs> I wish I liked, I wish I liked the way the like combat worked because like all the systems and like the idea is like, I, I, I'm like so on board. You know, I think I'm, I'm very similar to where you are on it. I think I'm, I'm closer there than you are because I, like, I like this game. This game does a lot for me um a lot of those those denser systems like the mini map and the the blocking don't i don't they don't bother me as much because i enjoy that amount of like um difficulty and like tactical necessity being in a game like this what kills it for me is how pvp it is um i would be obsessed with this game if there were like half the amount of teams in the dungeon or if there was like a straight up pve mode because the dungeon itself i don't know i have fun going through it i think it's baseline challenging enough um 
I think they and, have an offline mode re- that doesn't have people in it. I, think. Like, I would love playing that, like with the I think, like, I squad think of people or like something a bit more. Because I've been playing a bit out of um, something I play uh, every now and again is um, DMZ mode in Warzone Two, which is I right. think a fun, a real fun time with like the group of guys I play with. Because you know, battle royale is fun. Sometimes it's just like sometimes you don't want that level of like anxiety or just too like sweaty too sweaty like too sweaty. or just like we don't want to die in like five minutes and then have to reload or like two of us die and then like another one's trying to revive us we're just kind of sitting there it's a lot cleaner to play with the limited time we have as adults with jobs to play dmz for me and i like how many uh, player characters are in that map because it's enough where you could run into them in points of interest and you're likely to run into them when you're trying to exfiltrate. Uh, and like, But otherwise, the NPCs provide enough of a challenge and like the world map provides enough to do with enough necessity to work as a team. And I really like that. And that's what I wish Dark and Darker was for the medieval setting because like conceptually i love shit like diablo but like the gameplay is so boring to me or something that is more engaging like a dark and darker Ooh, hell yeah gimme 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 that's why i think elden ring co-op is so cool too um so like i would definitely be into this with like the right group of people if we're like if others are like good enough at like doing the pvp shit and like are down enough to do stuff like that i would like i would like to play it in that regards or if there is a more i guess pve focused or entirely like offline balanced mode um that yeah. like, had a group of people who would want to run this like that's how i would want to play it so like i'm very yeah i'm like i'm with you on this game where like oh man it could it could be like it could be there for yeah. me like with the right people or like the right game development choices it's going to be like yeah. exactly my shit um but i'm i am watching it it's on my wish list there, there, there is room in my life for an extraction shooter of this kind. Like a, a game like this, yes. an extraction yeah. based game. Like I don't know where, uh, like where the best combination of those elements, where that's going to be for me. Because I've only really this is the only one I've played uh, any real amount of time. I think because I've never played like Tarkov or there's like several others like on Steam now that are should, trying to do something similar. We should try DMZ I, sometime. You should we should run that sometime with Michael. I don't like Call of Duty, but maybe, Just come maybe on, do it for me. Okay, whatever. Fine, fine. Eh, you got it. It's it's locked in. It's I pressured you into it on a recording of a podcast. That's a binding contract. <laughs> Shit, shit. <laughs> and you're like recording this, or you're editing this one too. So yep, like, yep. You, even oh, if Tony, I like, <laughs> are you? Are you like, will you wash my car for a year? I don't know why I said that as an example. I'm still gonna splice you saying yes into this though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. Oh yeah. The the la- like so that's dark and darker. Maybe. Uh, I also have recently played some more Heroes of the Storm for the first time in forever. Mm-hmm. And goddamn, that game mm-hmm. is still very fun. Continues to be fun. But honestly, so the last time I played HOTS before uh, we played a couple days ago, you and I, um, my computer died. Like literally <laughs> I booted my computer up, first game of HOTS, graphics card shut down, like my computer melted. Oh, jeez. Um, last time I played HOTS. This time... Eric's 
power went out. Oh, there yeah. Was a, there was that ice storm in Michigan. And he lost power for several days. It and was, that was for like his days? first time. He oh, lost for days. Eric, yeah. Buddy. I know. I'm it sorry. Sucked. It sucked. Um, but, uh, yeah, Hots just does that, I think. Yeah. But it's a great game. Love it. Um,. The other thing, I've been playing a little Guilty Gear Strive lately. Some people at work have been getting into it. So I have been getting my ass kicked a lot, which is great. Um, But they brought my boy uh, Sin into the game, who was like my favorite character from um, one of the last like two games. Maybe it was last game. Uh, Anyways, love this character. They brought him back, and now um, it's the only character I want to play. It's great. Well, are you going to be playing them all the way to Evo? They finally announced the dates, Tony. I know. Um, we should we should talk. Cause, yes, uh, absolutely. Very, I would it's say live. high likelihood. High, high likelihood. Super uh, duper high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think for that, I, I'm going to want to like uh, go hard at Street Fighter Six. Oh yeah. 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 But anywho, uh, that's all I got to talk about. That's, so, that's all for me, folks. Let's let's take a break, come back, and we'll talk about Gargoyle's Quest. Huh? Yeah! Recent Switch release, Gargoyle's Quest. <laughs> and long ago, Game Boy release, Gargoyle's Quest. That's Big in the nineties, and so was this game, Jake. This game Boy Gargoyle, nineteen ninety, Capcom release. The game is Gargoyle's Quest. Um, yeah, like uh, like I said during like the break, just came out on the Switch too, which was like very um, a nice little delightful uh, coincidence that uh, Nintendo announced their Game Boy games coming to the Switch and. Gargoyle's Quest was one of the first games released on that service. Uh, 1990. This game, older than me. Fantastic. <laughs> you love to hear it. I mean, like, I this game is, like, you know, I was only four years old when this <laughs> game, like, came out. Um, so this one was, like, one of those games that was, like, it was in the back of my mind. Like, I have, I have like, only, like, one or two maybe three Game Boy games beyond, like, Tetris that, like, I truly, truly remember because uh, it was, you know, I, I was so young, you know, um, when I had that uh, and was, like, playing games and, like, able to distinguish good from bad games because it was pretty <laughs> right. uh, – my skills were not uh, too good at that point. But this game always, like – I always – it was memorable to me more because of the box art. If you look at the box art, um, I love this guy. I love this yeah, guy's face. Yeah, I it's 
so hype. They, he's it's like such a great expression, and it looks it like it's very much a gargoyle looking figure. It's like a big green like mm-hmm. figure, which is um which is odd, and it kind of speaks to probably the disconnect in in box art creation and, and stuff like that because um this game is like a side story or like a part of the uh, ghouls and goblins uh like universe or whatever the the gargoyle in question is firebrand who is like one of like the main enemies in that uh series or whatever firebrand also notably in marvel versus capcom 3 which is also being played at evo this year yeah. with connection there but uh no- notably firebrand is red yeah <laughs> always <you'd think. laughs> always red always red depiction um but yeah this box art is very much not that um and i remember when i was little and somebody like i somehow uh found out that it was connected to the like ghouls and goblins or ghosts and goblins whatever universe you want to call it that's it yeah um <laughs> when i found out it was like connected to that i was like what what the fuck? Like it just never even like clicked in my brain mainly because of that box art. But anyways, um, I'm pretty sure I didn't beat this game when I was a kid. Like I may have gotten stuck on something cause there is some like awkward pathing in this game. Yeah. Um, I could see that, not being able to finish this. Yeah. And like, it was one of those things where by the time I probably could have finished that game or like been smart enough to like look something up online to like help me out. Um, I had moved on to other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it always like stuck out to me as like something I should like return to. Uh, and that's where we're at here. Um, You're you had never heard it. Never heard you of never, it. You never heard of it before this. Okay. So Firebrand, brand new, brand new name to me. I've never played a ghosts and ghouls and goblins game before. Um, I didn't know this was part of that franchise until mm-hmm. like looking into this game. Um, yeah. So this is a huge blind spot for me. The world in this game, all about it. Super cool. Love the ghoul world. I love all yeah. of, like the artifacts and shit that you come across, and like their dark gothic heavy metal names. So cool. Yep. All about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's th- those are fun. It's a fun series of games. They're really like devilishly hard, um, but. <laughs> It, it's a good it's a good vibe the art's really good the, that's really good but um so the gameplay of this game is kind of like it's like a platform rpg that's like the way that i would describe it like rpg it's a legend is of very Zelda light too yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. like action action adventure because like i i say rpg because there are stats there are mm-hmm. like things you can level up but i think you're right like it's closer like it's rpg in the sense that like zelda is an rpg which is like faintly at times you <laughs> right. know uh but yeah it's it's more platformer uh than it is like a traditional zelda but you're like the zelda 2 comparison is is very apt here um to the point of it this game also has like the random encounters that zelda 2 has right where, like you do these little um interludes where you're fighting in you know the same kind of layout of enemies over which and over is always again. A, like a weird feel and like encounter to have in this style of game yeah it feels like a little a little disjointed at times there but like i didn't mind it because they were so short in this game 
And, like, I really enjoy how the game, like, moves and, like, the responsiveness of, like, you know, the jumping, the hovering, you know, all, like, the, the, the core mechanics, the, the combat. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that stuff. So, like, uh, I didn't mind the random encounters too much. But it is it is odd because you don't really see that today, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, again, it's not bad because, like, you're saying we'll get into more for sure uh, is about the, the controls, the way this game feels and uh, and plays. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty damn solid. Uh, it's like when those, I hate when the random encounters get to the level where it's just like, oh, God, I gotta do this. And it just becomes more of a chore and, like, the rewards yeah. that you get from it definitely aren't worth it because you're not getting, like, experience points. You're getting um, vials which you can put towards extra lives, which I'm sure is much more helpful uh, playing this game, I guess, like, legitimately, but I was I was using save states, uh, so they right. weren't as as necessary, and I don't know. I don't, I don't love the random encounters, but yeah, I think this is a good good transition to talk about the way the game plays itself, um, yeah. which is, I mean, it's Game Boy, so it's not exceedingly complex. It's a, you know, platform, um, I don't know, shooter, if that's the right yeah. term for it. It's like, so you... You can you walk left and right. You mm-hmm. can jump. You can hover. Hover uh, with huge. hover with your cool. yeah. You can hover with Love your wings, it. and you have like a little hover bar. And mm-hmm. part of like the power progression of the game is like you know the the story is basically like you need to become a stronger warrior, become the legendary firebrand to save the monster universe or whatever it is. The ghoul um, world, Tony. The ghoul world. The ghoul world. <laughs> My apologies, um, but the, like that plays out in the game's mechanics really well. With like your hover bar uh, continues to get uh, longer, so you can do longer hovers to the point where uh, ultimately you can fly forever mm-hmm. uh, with that, or hover forever, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get health upgrades and stuff, but really you're jumping, you're hovering, and you have a wall cling, uh, which is great. I love a wall cling. Uh, so that just those little simple things, they are able to make some pretty compelling levels, like the actual design of the levels, the, the platforming you need to do, uh, is pretty fun. I, I enjoyed it pretty good. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. What a weird phrase. Uh, I I enjoyed it quite a lot. I, I'm definitely with you. I I really like when games are able to incorporate um, flying or hovering mechanics, like Child of Light, uh, for I think our most recent example. And this game, I think, does it does it pretty well too. The pathing does get a little tough sometimes to sort of confine to the small Game Boy screen in order for the sprites to be big enough to really tell you any information. You're not seeing too much of the of the world. Uh, so there's some, there's a good amount of backtracking. There's a good amount of just like kind of flying around an empty space. So it's not perfectly implemented, especially as your flying length gets longer when you have a much more limited hover and the level design is, uh, focused or restrained by that. It's easier to navigate. Um, but I also think it's cool as shit to be able to hover for a long time and then forever, especially with the wall clink. So you hover and then you, when you're able to go onto the, when you click onto the wall, that's when you're able to get height on another jump. So it's about finding the spaces to cling onto the wall, and it also refresh your your hover meter earlier in the game before it gets infinite. Um, so yeah. like building in the wall cling, and then 
you later on you get the beam or the the projectile that makes a safe spot on spikes so then that's part yep. of the wall cling you got to build onto it's a really neat progression and this game has a very quick progression too because it's not super long i mean no no this yeah. you can beat this game in like a handful of hours like you can beat mm-hmm. it in one sitting pretty like if you know where you're going what you're doing like you could easily beat this just sit down play it all the way through um you're right like i really love the the power progression in like your your main character is getting stronger getting these new abilities that are instantly making the level design more interesting because now there are more tools to play with. You have longer stretches where you're hovering. You now can create safe areas. You know, like all of that stuff builds up to some really fun to execute levels, like pressing the buttons themselves, like the, Mm -hmm. the jump and hover, you can like really kind of feather it, you know, like it's, it's really kind of responsive. Um, I I really like it. I really, really like the way this game controls. Um, it also makes for some really fun boss battles, too, where you have to, like, kite, like, beams are being shot at you. You have, you have like, kind of difficult movement execution sections where you have to, like, get the headshot and then dodge out of the way of this and that, like... I I had a great time with like just the the just the basic core gameplay. It was really really good. I really really had a good time with it. Yeah, it's it's a good responsive platformer. Um, I think the the levels themselves it's it's tricky because you don't have a lot of health to work with, which is why I think mm-hmm. the save states are really necessary and why this game without them I think would be maybe not punishingly difficult, but like very hard. And would be like a lot more frustrating, but it's it yeah that that feeling of the game is great. The hover is really really fun, and uh, I feel like the bosses are are really good culminations of these mechanics, and it's able to do a lot with this just like core run and jump hover um, yeah. by adding in those extra like little mechanics, changing it up as much as they can with a game this restrained by the technology of the time. Um, yeah. Also, something they did amazingly while restrained with technology at the time is make some cool as hell enemies. This game yeah. has like Dark Souls level like dark horror enemies. Like the first boss is like this giant skeleton faced fish, and it just, like, <laughs> emerges from the water and it's so ominous. I forget his name. He has a name too. Yeah, the, all all the bosses have like are named enemies and stuff. It's like at the in the end credits they all have like their like fucking end of twilight appearance when they pop out. Zundo Durer. <laughs> That's a dope name. God, this aesthetic is so rad. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoy it quite a bit too. Um the one thing I also wanted to, to mention, like uh you we were kind of talking a little bit about some of the frustrations of the game where it's like, you know, uh, if you didn't play it with save states, it would be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree, but the game does do a better job than I was expecting with, like, checkpointing. Like, mm-hmm. I expected if you died at any point of a le- in a level, you would have to restart the entire thing. But that wasn't the case. Um, on some of the bigger dungeon levels, you did have, you know, like a silent checkpoint that like, it doesn't, the game doesn't like tell you that when you die, you're going to be spawned in this area, but you do have checkpoints, which I was like, oh, that's dope. Um, 
if you don't have a lot of lives, it doesn't matter, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because you'll you'll get a game over. But even still, when you game over, like it checkpoints you to like the last city you were in, basically. So yes, you'll have to like move through the open world or not open world through the overworld to get back to like the location or whatever. But like, it's not like a erase your game, start from scratch again, yes. right? Like that's the big difference from Legend of Zelda 2, where when you get a game over, that is the end of the game, start over from the beginning. Yeah, this game is generous with that, and it has a password system too. Yeah, it's, it's this, this game has a I lot of very good that. design choices and like modern convenience, the con- conveniences that we take for granted more in modern games that were that were built into this with that that mind of you know having this longer term game where you're playing it probably when you're when you're younger or without being able to have access to a walkthrough it's going to take you you know a solid like four or five hours at least to beat through this play through this game and you can't always do that all in one sitting so i think yeah i mean the only thing that feels like really old about this game is like the true game boy not game boy color game boy graphics and presentation of it but I mean, this easily feels like it could be like a shovel knight style, like trying to be evocative of of that genre of game, modern game. Like, there's it, a lot to this that feels like that. I mean, like, yes, it is limited in what the graphics can be for the uh, for the Game Boy, but they animate really well, mm-hmm. and like they do a lot with a little. Like they, I. This game definitely has a look to it that uh, I appreciate. And, like, Firebrand looks dope. Like, he looks dope. He animates well. The flight looks good, you know? Um, I loved it. I loved it. Um, And it's not small with its, like, story either. Because, yeah, everything seems wild. And, like, at the end of the game, you're fighting, like, this sort of almost, like, deity-looking four-armed figure that's, like, shooting out, like... Holy light! It's, it's it's so cool. Like it it it, it, it elevates to a, an amazing level as well. And I just I, I yeah. keep I'm just so blown away by what this game was able to do on the Game Boy. And like it, we talked a little bit about like the power progression earlier. And like this game does such a good job of like going from you know early on the platforming and some of these levels have to be really like exacting, right? Because you only have so much hover, and the game knows that, so it makes jumps. You know just enough to barely make it you know like you have to be more exacting in how you play it but once you get to the end of it where you are fighting these like massive deities and stuff like that you are also becoming much more powerful as a character to the point where the last couple of levels feels like it's they're like played much faster because you can jump super high you can hover forever and it has like you know a lot of a lot more locomotion to it which like feels good as you're running to the end of the game right like it it feels like it has like so many different um creative things like pushing you all in the same direction um i I, god it's really good it's really good um what was the one other thing i wanted to say the the thing that i kind of looked back at playing through this time that was just like oh yeah this is a product of the time and kind of sucks is some of the pathing like specifically when you get like the was it the gremlin stick or something like that you have to like go between these towns 
oh, inexplicably, yeah. kind yep. of like and like I, I had to look it up because there was like no way I was I, I wasn't getting it, and I'm like I'm not gonna spin my wheels trying to figure out what this who they yeah. want me to talk to, you know, like for a lot of the quests or like progression of it you can talk to like two or three people in a town and they'll just basically tell you exactly where you need to go but yeah there were a few instances where it's like i don't want to have to talk to like everybody in the town like it's not apparent so yeah i would look it up as as well and i think that situation i did end up looking up where to go after after a second too yeah and it's like why why are you making me do this walking back and forth between these locations like it felt like at that time, the the world map structure felt tacked on. Like, it's just, like, artificially mm-hmm. ex, um, expanding the game length. However, then you get to things like the desert and, like, that other spot, like, after the desert where there's, like, multiple different locations you could go to. And, like, some of them were fake and, some of, and one of them was, like, the right door to choose, basically. And while those are also a little frustrating in terms of like actually playing them like in the desert it randomly moves you around and you basically have to find the exact right like input of space to like get moved into the dungeon or whatever like it's kind of, it's a little frustrating um and same thing if you didn't talk to the right npc they won't tell you here's the dungeon you need to go to that is like the real one and not like a trap <laughs> yeah um while I don't. I, I find the, I found this to be a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. I think it's like it added a lot more to the concept of you are this like demon traveling across the world trying to like save the realm, and you're gonna have, um, you know, challenges put in front of you. I guess like it, it like it's gonna sound like weird, but like it added to the immersion a little bit. It added to like this journey that you were on, and even though they were frustrating in the execution. I ended up like appreciating it a little bit because the game wasn't overly long. Like mm-hmm. if I would have had to deal with stupid shit like that constantly and it made like a two hour game into a 10 hour game, then no, like that I'm not going to enjoy that as much. But like here, because of the smaller scope, it ended up like feeling like a part of the game in a good way. Like good struggle, good stress that I like had to overcome, you know? If that makes any sense at all, it does. I the game paints the ghouls as like dire underdogs to the destroyers is the the name of the enemies, and it's like there's an opening crawl that's basically just like the ghouls got destroyed very badly a long time ago. Then the destroyers went away. Who knows why? Now they're back. And then the first NPC comes up and talks to you and it's like, oh man, these guys are strong. And then he dies immediately. It's like, okay, all right, this seems like things aren't going super well. Um, And I don't know, it's almost Dark Soulsian in that manner with just the world being that unfriendly, with the bosses being like this big and imposing that the world also kind of has some bullshit attached to it too, for lack of a better term. So yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from, and it's it's a short enough game where it wasn't a huge bother. I don't know if I would like call it a good addition to the game like you would, but I don't. It doesn't annoy me. It it like to me it points to like there's more we can do with this 
medium than what um, maybe we had been doing before. You know, like, I, I don't know. It's just like these early days of like Nintendo game development or Capcom game development, really, because it's a Capcom game. Like, I just love seeing new ideas, you know, and like taking swings. And sometimes yeah. they miss and sometimes they hit. But like, it, I, I, this was, it was very fun to like, um, go through some of these like early ideas, you know? It, this game seemed to have a lot more intentionality in places where games of this era wouldn't always. Like, I guess with the townspeople just sort of being able to direct you towards the next place you need to go, whereas in other RPGs or games of this era, they would just have, like, maybe nonsense. Just like, I'm I'm the farmer of the village. And then that's that's the end of it. There's, there's, there's a lot more purpose to it. There's a lot of uh, good hiding spots for it. Um, yeah, this feels like, I don't know, ahead of its time <laughs> in some ways yeah yeah sure. um let's see i also love that the final boss if you like answer him incorrectly he'll just take all your shit um <laughs> did you do that at all did you ever no. mess with that so, like, i didn't mess with like, it the, the final boss will be like do you want to join me or like are you going to defy me and i think like if you say you want to join him he's like no fuck you it takes away all of your power, so you can't fly anymore. You bet you can't hurt him. Uh, I don't think you can beat the game, uh, but I I love that music's all right. This. Music's all right. Yep, it's pretty good. Nothing to write home about though. It's Game Boy. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I really like some boss fights are better than others, but I don't think any of them were like the worst. You know, like there wasn't any like terrible boss fights. But I will say. I really, really enjoyed – it was the second-to-last boss fight. The guy in the chair. I think it's like Russian fell or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was – That was a fun boss. That was a really, really fun boss. I enjoyed playing that one um, quite a bit. It had like a really good execution of like kiting these projectiles, jumping in for the uh, the headshot. It had this like moving arm that could like block it as well. Like, Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, but like yeah. It's, it's, it's like a very – I don't know, novel – for its time game and a lot of the mechanics uh it does what it sets out to do quite well the world it makes is is well realized and given a meaningful and distinct aesthetic as much as it you know can be with black and white 8-bit is this even 8-bit pixelized graphics but like Uh, man it did it uses it and it's it's cool um i mean Unless you got anything else, Tony. Hey, I like that game. Hey, I like that game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm I'm glad this one held up. I really am. Like mm-hmm. uh, again, like I really this game really only stuck out to me in my in my heart of hearts because of the box art. Kind of like uh, I think I mentioned something similar um, during Gomon's Great Adventure. Same thing. Like those box arts, for whatever reason, are etched into my brain, and I'm glad. I revisited this one, um, and I'm glad that it turned out to be really good. You know, like, I, I don't have a lot of fond memories of other, like, great Game Boy games, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that my memory uh, of this one held, you know, brought us to it. Because, yeah, this is a good game. Th- th- like, this is a game that I think is worth trying. You know, like, now that it's on the Switch, too, like, if you have the Switch... 
um, online pass or whatever, you should get um, – they just added Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games on there, and this game's on there. So if you have it, try it. Yeah, it's worth it's worth giving it a shot, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Neat. All right, Jake. Another hey, I like that game. We're starting off strong. We got some good some good games uh, in so far this year. Yeah, um, hoping to keep it keep it keep it rolling with our next episode. Yeah, what's the next game, Jake? What uh, is your pick? So yeah, so I. Uh, we did have to tell Tony a bit in advance because this is going to be a little bit of a, a bit of more of an investment. We want to give ourselves a bit more of a runway on this one. Um, so Tony, I you know have talked about my long journey with From Software Games over the course of the duration of this podcast and how it's been massively up upheaved by Elden Ring, um, and I've felt more invested or able to get invested in those games so uh i wanted to play a FromSoft game for the podcast presented you with a couple of options and we chose sekiro shadows die twice hell yeah hell yeah i know we talked about it a little bit uh and honestly the the reason that i i I went with sekiro uh because the other uh choice was gonna be was it bloodborne bloodborne yeah I it's easier for me to to play something on the PC where Bloodborne is only on um on the console, right? Mm-hmm. So this is yeah. I wanted to play Sekiro more, um but I'm also more scared by it. Yeah, I um like not to like go too deep into this before the the podcast episode, but um, all of my friends who are big from software fans, um, every single one of them that I, I you know, very respect their opinions, uh, whenever we talk about games, but especially these type of games, every single one of them has said to me, oh man, Sekiro is the one that you would like out of any of them before, before Elden Ring. That's what all my friends said. That's the one that you would actually be into. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to dive in. I'm excited to dive into this. Yes. Excited. Nervous. Nervous. Yeah. I, I just like just talked about playing God of War on the hardest difficulty for shits and giggles, and I'm just like, ooh, hard games, dude. You're just a glutton for punishment. Like, I think I'm just. Me... I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. Certain certain types of games, I just like I, the Call of Duty games too. Something about them, I just want to. Oh. You know what? It's it's interesting, Jake, and and we can kind of uh, leave this as the last thought before we close out the show here. That like. You're playing all these hard games this year, really getting like you know dying a lot in these, getting <laughs> beat up. It's you're you're softening yourself up to when we go to Evo, all the fighting game training we're gonna have to put in to get you into a space to be ready for Evo. Like you're softening yourself up, you know, like you're you're getting used to the the losing because you're gonna have to lose oh, a lot more. <laughs> you're gonna have to get your ass kicked. A nice lot and more. tenderized. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man alright so Sekiro next time on Hey I Like That Game Uh, Jake where can the folks uh, find us on the internet you can find us all over the damn place you can email us heyilikethatgame at gmail.com tweet us at likethatgame Facebook we are the Hey I Like That Game podcast you can find our feed directly at heyilikethatgame.rocks or dot com, but preferably dot rocks. Dot rocks. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 
I think we paid a little bit more for that domain, so it's pretty good. <laughs> Get our it's money's worth good. on it. It was too good to not. Uh, Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, we uh, we have Twitch. Not... Twitch, yes. Sometimes we'll stream on Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash hey, I like that game. Uh, yeah, I haven't been doing much social media stuff lately. Um, just in general, social media. Uh, bites yeah I, it's it doesn't feel good um no so honestly the best way to keep this show going is if you're listening and you enjoy this stuff share it with a friend leave a comment leave a review all that stuff helps propagate the pod propagate the pod tweet so i don't have to like that would be or great. don't tweet or don't tweet go out, or go outside approach <laughs> approach a stranger on the bus bench and tell them to listen to hey like that game Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you like the show, please give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. You know, every little bit helps. Hashtag propagate the pod.